the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the host and guests are their own, and not those of 930 AM, The Answer, or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Milton Glick here along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. Thanks to Barry who came in yesterday and uh, sat in and uh, did all this. But uh, it's time for you to give us a call and be a part of the show at 308-8867, 308-8867. And the nursery is very crowded today as lots of folks are out here doing shopping. Or maybe they're just enjoying the Halloween activities. I've seen a lot of folks over there doing the um, um, the pumpkin patch, and so uh, doing the pumpkin patch. Well, taking pictures in the pumpkin patch. Oh, yeah. Have we got a? Have we got our? Is our deal set up behind? Me? Yeah, so you can take pictures in it. Yeah, the the stay the uh, what do I, what do you call it where where the people the backdrop backdrop the stage. stage yeah the stage there you go. So anyway. that you can get good pumpkin pictures. Yep. So uh, bring the family. I saw dogs out here. Bring whatever you'd like. And uh, t- <laughs> take a picture in the... Uh, Don't bring your cats. The They're picture, too hard to control. That's true. Yeah. The picturesque pumpkin patch. Did you like that alliteration? There you go. All right. 308 308-88- 308-88-67. 210-308-88. 8867, the number to call to be a part of the show. Give us a call. Tell us what's going on in your gardening world. I still haven't cut my grass yet, so my grass is getting nice and high from all the rain. And I have blooming sinisa. Is there rain in the forecast? I'm fiddling with my uh, electronics here. Um, yeah, when, it, when I, uh, I had it working, and, and now it's not working. Oh, no. There's supposed to be a front come through on... Uh, Tuesday. Okay. I think. Because Denise just sat there and stared at me for a long time, and now it's blooming. There you go. So it knows. And they said when the front comes through, we got one, not a high percentage of rain that one day, Tuesday. But uh, temperatures are supposed to cool off into the upper 70s and low 80s for the During the day? Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And really cool at night, so good tomato, good tomato setting uh, temperatures and everything. I was going to ask Calvin a question, but I don't think I can yet. Uh. Uh-uh. What was he asking, telling you about with his garden? Oh, that he'd he'd uh, pick some eighteen twenty three and eighteen twenty three already. Wow. Uh, picked some tomatoes. Yeah, they were. Better. They're fast, and uh, I noticed. We uh, 
Uh, did we have a, somebody was, t- oh, I know, yeah, we had a listener yesterday that was calling and, and was worried that she had no fruit on one plant. And Yeah, it was a but, celebrity. And I had that uh, same kind of uh, a few fruit and then a slow stop for a while during that hot spell. And I notice now that I've got lots of fruit. Lots set. of fruit, yeah, lots of fruit setting yeah. now. So I think it's a matter of uh, the plants adjusting, taking a, taking advantage of the milder temperatures of, and the rain, for sure. Yeah. And well, we had a, well, that's kind of the way, the way the fall stuff does. Uh, of course, we had that first cool snap that set, set the fruit earlier. And so uh, we'll, it looks like we'll make our, our November harvest date. Uh, since we, you've already harvested some in October, and uh, so the the uh, the uh, the rest of them, uh, the abundance of uh, uh, plant uh, crops should be coming up in uh, uh, for Thanksgiving. So uh, <clears throat> the. Uh, the, the 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 there's variability in in the way the plants set fruit even though they're the same variety. Uh, this lady yesterday had had uh, one that had a lot of fruit on it and and one that uh, didn't didn't have any fruit on it. It was blooming but didn't have any fruit, huh. on it. and they're both celebrity. So uh, we were trying to figure out uh, what that could be. We said it could be virus, or it could be uh, could be that she they accidentally got two different varieties uh, oh. uh, that that were labeled celebrity. <clears throat> but uh, the I, 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 those that are not producing fruit, and she she didn't say that they had uh, virus symptoms, but. Uh, the one that the one that not blooming profusely and not setting fruit, uh, that virus is uh, can can cause that in in plants of the same same variety, side by side. That's what's so spooky about it. In in the field, you'll walk along there and see. 25 or 30 that no virus and then you see one that has one of the five viruses that we have in this area spread by insects and so uh, that's just the luck of the draw but very seldom is it all of them it's, it's just just a, a small percentage of uh, on a, on a on a good virus, I say a good virus year, well, a virus a year that you don't have a lot of virus showing up, uh, you'll have a, a very small percentage, and not every one of them have virus. We got Trace up here on the porch with us. Hey, Trace, what's going on? Well, did y'all find that bat I left up here? For? Oh, we did. We didn't I'm sorry, but I put, him, I put him over there. There's a little batty yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I heard it was different yesterday. And we had a lot of calls. Good, good deal. And they didn't have you to make fun of, so no, I still did it, but just yeah. didn't defend yourself. No, that was nice. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad things remain the same sometimes. 
Well, what's coming here at the nursery? What you got? What's going on? What you excited about? Uh, well, more and more fall color stuff showing up. So uh, we got a lot of snapdragons coming in this next week in varying sizes. No, no rockets for you. No. Rockets too? No, no rockets for oh. you. Why do you break his heart like that? Well, I told him at the end. I'm pull. I'm pulling the uh, uh, zinnias out of my cut flower, and I was gonna trying to figure out the strategy. I may, and uh, and of course, uh, for, if you get, pull them out for, after two days with the rain we had, you got all these new new seedlings coming right, up. Right. So I was gonna let a ha- every other row be zinnias. As long as they lasted, and then I was going to put snaps, especially if there were some rockets available. Are they real little, the seedlings? Yeah, but but this time of the year, you they think really they'll do. make it by frost. They go fast. They come up fast. Okay, okay, and bloom, and, uh, bloom fast. Yeah, and then I've got a, I've got so many zinnias planted the rest of the landscape too. Just so, yeah, so the butterflies have plenty, and the ma- and the uh, um, hummingbirds. Look at the puppy over there. <laughs> Are they taking the pumpkins? The yeah. We're going to have pansies in. Yeah, so we're going to ask you. It's nice to have them for, well, we won't have them for Columbus Day, but we'll have them for the day after. Okay. That's your traditional time to put them in the ground anyway. Uh, did y'all see that we got stock in? in the big I didn't see that. Yeah, no, we we just stock, the big pots? Just the big pots. Uh, hopefully smaller ones soon to come, but. If you want a, a nice, fragrant, old-fashioned oh. plant, um, that's and, it. And uh, good cut flowers, too. Uh, Sweet pea else. seeds. It's another one I gotta, I'm, I'm going to plant, start planting um, the, the, with this cooler weather now and see if I can't get them to have, have a longer season than we did last year because they're, they're really nice fragrance. <clears throat> Vegetable selection this week is going to be good. Oh, in, good. Including one of uh, his favorite, uh, Swiss chard rhubarb. All right. That's what it's called, Swiss chard rhubarb? Yep. Yeah. That's oh. what it's called. Huh. Um, I've gotten the Brussels sprouts. So is it rhubarb or Swiss chard? There's, there's a bit of Brussels sprouts out there. He just refuses to talk about them. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Calvin's question was a good one. Is it actually Swiss chard? Or is it rhubarb? It's labeled Swiss chard rhubarb. You want me to show you how they wrote it? I'll show you how they wrote it. Okay. <laughs> In a minute. Well, well, Calvin, Calvin could probably just look at it and tell. We talked yesterday about uh, the. Uh, uh, Dennis sent me some comparisons of greens. Oh yeah. And uh, guess what number one is? Kale. 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 Kale's number one. And then they've got collards. Yeah. they got collard greens at number five. See, and, that, and that's and, and, more uh, consistent with what I've always believed in and learned. Uh, Greg, Greg's book, his vegetable book, which is great, but Jerry had mentioned that Greg had talked about collards being the number one, and the first thing I opened his book, and there it was. Collards are the most nutritious. You know. <laughs> a little bit. Well, he's from, he's from East Texas. You yeah, know, they, so, they yeah. naturally think that. Yeah, they, they didn't survey a whole lot of Texans for that, I don't think. And I've seen a lot of a lot of textbooks and things that put garbage and kale as the same. Also, yeah, kale, Minnesota. The kale they, leaf they is guess. so dark, much darker than the than the collard leaves that I'm used to. So I always think, yeah, it looks more intense. Got more nutrients in it. And I'm glad that that verified it. Well, a little bit depended on the new, 
the the <coughs> element that you wanted. For instance, I think uh, uh, take vitamin A. What, what's the milligrams on vitamin A for for kale? It's probably spinach first. I uh, know. So yeah, well, it could have been it's, spinach would so. be highest for iron probably. Yeah. Let's see, vitamin A. Oh, sorry. Um, kale is 15... Milligrams. 1598. 1598. All right, what is collard greens? And spinach is 2813. Yeah. 1807. Oh, okay, so so collard has more vitamin A. Spinach has more vitamin A. Yeah, than, absolutely. And yeah, probably I think the, more iron. I think the kale people put that out. And Swiss chard has more vitamin A. Well, what the hay? And romaine lettuce has more vitamin A. Is this published <laughs> by the uh, the kale council? Uh, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. uh, they put kale first. Let's see, what what's kale? Uh, if you pick protein, I thought that uh, I think kale may have more protein and... and the uh, it depended on the ingredient that you or the element that you were interested yeah, but in. Look at the numbers; it almost looks like kale is the less number. Yeah, maybe, maybe like it's backwards. Sp- spinach is better in all but two of the columns. No, we'll there see. You go. How about I'll stick with spinach. How about fiber? Does it say fiber? I don't see fiber. No, not on there. Maybe that's it's high in fiber too. Anyway, all right. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Do we have a plant of the weekend? We we do. What it's is a it? Sunshine ligustrum. Oh, this is one we tried. Remember when I had an A, B, and C, and I told you that they bought all the A, and I went to go grab a B, and they bought all the B. <laughs> this was the original A back in oh, March okay. that I brought in. So it's a, a sunshine uh, ligustrum. So the foliage is the size of a variegated privet, which is also ligustrum is a privet. Um, so it's kind of a, a unique small leaf, but I would have to call it Martha Stewart Green. Okay. Gary even liked the color yesterday. He said he did not, or he did. No, I did. I just think you could spray it with iron and maybe green it up oh. a little bit. Uh, what, what, yes, I, so. what I was uh, particularly fond about is the size. It uh, only gets three to six feet oh, okay. tall and uh, three to four wide. So it could be used uh, where you would use a, a Japanese boxwood, for example. It's a dwarf. Your normal augustrums, uh, you cannot do that with. You couldn't even contemplate keeping them that short. It's a dwarf. It's a dwarf. What's the ultimate height? Three to six tall and three to four wide. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does be, seem like it would be very easy to maintain as a short hedge. Okay. And that you'd are, have to put iron on to make it green. People like this. Does it bloom? Green. I'm sure it does in a state of maturity, but I, I, I don't know that for a fact. But people like this color. I mean, look at all the... They I've like it till they get it home and plant it out and it doesn't turn green. Look at all that sweet potato vine we sell. Which well, that's true, too. Which color do they want the most? That's true, too. This color. Okay. We'll see. And it's not far off of spinach, just so you know. Spinach color is almost that same color. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, true. look at that. Yeah. There's one right here. No, no, I can't see that one because Jerry's uh, <laughs> But I was looking, on, I'm looking online. Yeah, no wonder it's called Sunshine. Why is that it's called sunshine? Because it's bright yellow. Bright yellow. Yeah. Here, look, I'll show you this picture. Yellow green. Martha's yellow green. green. 
Yeah. It's not chlorotic. It doesn't say it's chlorotic. <laughs> right? See? Can you see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looks nice. No wonder they call it sunshine. <laughs> Thanks. And, uh, it is a Southern Living uh, exclusive. So when they, this was featured in the Southern Living magazine, I believe, uh, towards the beginning of the year. And uh, so they believe in it enough to go cross-country with it. Oh, absolutely. Very cool. Okay, so how much is it? Twenty nine ninety nine. How many do you have? Six. Ooh, okay. We had more yesterday. So go check it out online, and uh, if you're interested in it, come get it real quick or call Millburgers at 210-497-3760, 210-497-3760, and uh, you can, uh, they'll put aside one for you. And if you want to do a, a large planting of it, I can probably get a hold of a few more this week. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, because that's the pictures that I that I was that kind of jumped out were planted in a row, so it really was very striking. Um, and oops. it was taken with sunshine on it. Yes. Light, highlight intensity to show you the oh, color. The, the sun, yeah. Okay. How, how did you look it up? What did you type in? Sunshine Ligustrum. Sunshine, sunshine Ligustrum. Yeah. Okay. And how's everything going with the, uh, the Halloween festivities? Oh, it's been great. We've had lots of kids out here enjoying themselves. I must say, I think the adults are enjoying themselves almost as much, if not more. <laughs> I think you're right. And how's... I, I thought the, the train was a little overloaded a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, brings brings people back to their younger days. Yeah. Seeing that, it's, it's almost empty. But every seat was full and there was kids sitting on people on parents' lap. It's almost like a time machine on wheels. Well, you, you missed it, Milton. We had a Trace got called to a train emergency. There you go. Train catastrophe. We almost had oh, a. Oh no. Had uh, something on the tracks. Yeah, we had a we had a car park in the middle of the the road back there. Oh no. <laughs> the train couldn't get by, so I had to run and get. Good deal. Got to keep those kids happy. So yeah. Yeah, we thought maybe there'd be some violence from the children. Did you find the owner? Oh, he was in it. Oh, he was in it. Oh, okay. They were trying to load up some stepping stones. So oh, okay. We, we got him moved temporarily and then got him loaded after the train passed. Well, this, this one, yesterday was the day for uh, uh, traffic jams because I went down the road and there, there was somebody that was parked getting loaded up. I mean, parked so he blocked all three routes, you know. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so there, there was all. It was piling up this way. It was piling up that way. <laughs> and uh, you're going to give Charles a heart attack. It wasn't that bad. Oh, and the, of course the kids didn't. Um, yeah, yeah, your young staff was trying to get them, get them on, He's and out there directing, getting them loaded, and directing traffic to get them out. That young man does a good job. Cool. Well, let's get James real quick. What else, Trace? Do we need to? Uh, we talked about spinach a while ago. We still got tra- spinach we transplants. Ordered a, a dab more. Good. Still strawberries. There's a pretty good selection of vegetables this week. Good. Good deal. Okay. And this is time to plant them. James is on the line at 308. Thanks, Trace. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Hi, um, Hi there, James. What's going on? Uh, I'm headed to the barbecue joint. I just had a question for the Dr. Parsons. Okay. I'm just yeah, um, getting the traffic on. That, that country you come from over there on uh, uh, the 
the you know that where y'all are where you're from. I heard that they make a, like a, a sauerkraut kind of something out of that collard, and I don't know what they call it, but they they make kind of like something like a sauerkraut. Hmm. Is that something you, you know hear? about? No, I've never heard about that. The, they, uh, the main co- the main deal on collards over there is cook them with uh, pork pork pork. Uh, Salt pork, salt, salt pork, and uh, kind of fry them up or or cook them in a pan like that. So you never, or bo- you never or boil them, boil them. You never heard about that that pickle product that them uh, them people pickle, make. Pickle, uh, pickle, pickle, collards. Yeah, they they put them in a barrel with some salt and then let them sit for a while and it makes like a like a sauerkraut kind of deal. No. Okay, well, my, I my, my family wasn't that poor. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, we'll, uh, maybe some of our listeners know what you're talking about. I'll okay. call in. All right, thanks. Bye. Uh, thanks, James. All right, we're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 308 8867. That's 210. 308-8867. We've got more of Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm Milton Glick. This is 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Now, there's all kinds of great stuff leading up to Halloween right now at Millburgers. For instance, right now at Millburgers, you and the family can get some great pictures taken in the pumpkin patch. You can walk through the amazing hay maze. That's right. Millburgers' famous hay maze is up, and it's just a whole lot of fun. There's all kinds of scary stuff all around the nursery. And you can enjoy the terror train all October, Saturdays from 10 to 2 and Sundays from 11 to 2. Right now you can enjoy the moon bounce. Always fun for the kids. And then mark your calendars because Saturday, October 28th and Sunday, October 29th is Millburgers' big celebration with face painting and a balloon artist Saturday and Sunday. The Employees Halloween Costume Contest where you actually can win big prizes just for voting. Go learn more at MillburgerNursery.com. That's MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. This is Lance Hoppus. Join me this Sunday evening from 8 to 10 for the God, Family, and Country Show. This show is a call for all Christians to live as God commanded. A call for a recommitment to your family to pray together and live a Christian life. A call to action in defense of our country, our Constitution, the amendments, and Bill of Rights, which we were given from God. Join me and the revival every Sunday evening from 8 to 10 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, copyright, protect, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book 
Book and Specialty Christian Bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation, and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, you're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomlineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottom Line Realty Advisors We get the landlord off your bottom line Michael Medved explains that no new regulations would have prevented the Las Vegas shooting. The shooter, he passed background checks, numerous background checks. Here is the bottom line. No one has been able to point to any possible reform that would have prevented this crime. The Michael Medved Show. Afternoons at 2, right before Larry Elder at 5, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. I'm 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. And we're ready to talk gardening with you at 308-8867. That's 308-8867. What else you got going on over there? I got some, uh, got an email in from uh, someone who lives in uh, Fair Oaks. Fair Oaks Ranch out here. North of town, northwest of town, said uh, I somehow was able to get both an avocado and a lemon seed to germinate, not once but twice. I have one avocado plant and one lemon plant in each container. She got two containers. Can I keep them like that for the winter, or should I transplant the lemons to their own container? Can they stay outside or just cover them if there's a freeze one? Uh, I would say that you probably need, you need to protect them from the cold. I would go ahead and uh, I would go ahead and uh, remove the uh, I would remove I would put them in their own containers because uh, the avocado is a big tree and it'll grow fast. Faster than well, but they don't have to out the lemon. They don't have to do that this winter. No, no. Oh. Uh, uh, give them something to do. <laughs> but 
Uh, should I transplant the lemons to their own container? Yes. Uh, can they stay outside or just cover them if there's a freeze warning? Uh, I would. I would. Wouldn't leave them outside. I would put them where where they won't get below uh, 30 degrees. Yeah, the the really potential the potential for damage in a small container is pretty high with yeah both of those. Out, out there, especially young, oh, especially young, young plants like that. Uh, then we got a question from a, from a from a reader of PlantAnswers.com. It's a little little further north in North Dakota. Oh, just a little bit. Garrison, North Dakota. Hi. Said all summer I had a huge hibiscus outside doing great. Now as it's getting older, can colder, we, can we ask it on the air? I bring it in. I bring it in, and the leaves are falling off, and also the buds. I love these plants. Please help. I will talk about it later. We got some. We got a question from, from, the, crowd. from the crowd. So yes, ma'am, go ahead. You're on the air. Now what happened? What? Did we? I just lost. Okay. Okay. This is okay. How's that better? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so my lemon tree had lots of buds on it earlier this year and did produce lemons, but now the leaves are getting curly and there's like some sort of grayish stuff on them and the lemons are splitting open even on the tree. So I brought some for you to look at if you can maybe help diagnose what the problem may be. Is it in a container? Yes. The le- lemon splitting open is, is see... Yeah, from the, uh, the rains, the rain? the you know when the, when the heavy rains came, because they got they, it's an indication that they didn't stay consistently wet, and then when the, it was more rain available, they okay. p- pumped it into the fruit. Okay. We saw it, we see it in peaches all the time, but we saw it in tomatoes this year. And, and citrus, too. So any kind of citrus. So my, my lime tree is, like, doing much better than that. But I notice a couple of the limes have a little bit of, like, sort of Cracks. black stuff at the top. Yeah. Right. So will those still, if they are, if they survive and, and ripen, will those still be okay to use? Oh, sure. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And uh, this, this lemon's okay to use, I imagine. Yeah, just cut a Cut it out. Give it to give it to somebody you don't like. Uh, now this this leaf. Is, I always give Jerry all mine that are. Different. Yeah, this leaf, this this distortion of the leaf is called by a little insect called a leaf miner. Okay. And uh, it, it's not widespread over the whole tree, is it? No, there's. It's just like in some places. Right, right. Okay. And so that's a leaf miner, and there's really nothing you could t- do to prevent it or. And every, every single, I, I would guess that every single yard that has more than uh, two citrus plants okay. has leaf miners this year. Okay. I've got them. I've got them on. It's real inconsistent pattern. Yeah. One, yeah, one plant will have a lot, and right. some will have none. And yeah, because they're all kind of in the same general area, but it, the orange tree is fine. But it's the lemon that uh-huh. has, is looking the worst, and okay. I was concerned I was going to lose it. Um, I was going to repot it, put it in a bigger pot yet. No. no. Well, you can do that, but, I mean, uh, that that's not going to cause it. It's an insect. Should I do any kind of, like, um, soap, like insecticidal soap or anything like that? No. See, the the deal is the the insect is uh, on the inside of the leaf. Oh. 
under the under the uh, epidermis of, of, okay. of the leaf, and so you can't can't really get the insecticide inside. But the only control, uh, I guess, would be to to uh, before they go through their life cycle on the leaf mm-hmm. is when you see some of this damage, like see see the, the damage yes. on the where where they're mining out the leaf uh-huh. is to remove and destroy all the leaves that are showing this symptom. Okay. Okay. And what that does is 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 interrupt the generation in other words get rid of the previous we'll get rid of future generations of the sleep model a lot of people that have lemons don't do that because a lemon does a pretty good job of even the leaves will look really terrible but they'll do a good job of uh, filling out the fruit and and getting by with leaf miners Mm, okay so all right thank you very much you bet thank you you All want right. your lemon back? You there you go. No, no, no. You did good. Thank you for doing that. It's a good question. A lot of folks have faced uh, that damage, and and I think a lot of some of the plants were um, more susceptible because of the the freeze damage and the defoliation, mm-hmm. and they just. Like those lemons and limes, just rushing to put new foliage. Right, and, and the up. the leaf miners like new tender yeah. foliage. Yeah, they're just they're just uh, <laughs> dripping the saliva is just dripping but, out of their. But mind. you said not much. Most of you, uh, you didn't have much fruit that split, right? No, I didn't. But I didn't uh, after the rain. But I and I don't have much. But you're in containers, though. Yeah, and I didn't have much fruit this year because of the damage. Yeah. But yeah, I was. One thing about in uh, containers, you're—I think you're forced to uh, forced to water more frequently, like every other day, even if you're getting rain, because right. you just just can't predict. Especially if you got a lemon tree that's uh, you know three feet by three feet, and it's in a half whiskey barrel, it it'll use up the water. That even from a big big rain, it'll use up the water in two or three days. So you yeah watering. Or well, be careful not to let it dry out. Then when it then when it hydrates, it uh, splits. It should be. I hope. I hope this winter we uh, make it uh, make it through. Uh, we want some cool weather, cold weather, but uh, we want to be able to uh, predict when we're gonna get some. Freezing temperatures, and we won't, hopefully we won't get get defoliated like we did last year. Some, well, Calvin, you're getting spoiled. I know. Well, I was off, you know, I was <laughs> off on a trip, and I didn't. I just took it for granted that, uh, of course, what are you going to do? You know, I'm not. Yeah. I can't uh, get a neighbor to to do that. All those trees that I've got <laughs> out there, they would uh, there would be a new barbed wire fence between the two neighbor neighborhoods. Okay, back to this lady that's in North Dakota and got her leaves falling off of hibiscus. Uh, Forrest writes them back. Uh, all all these things are to be expected. The plant is just responding to drastic changes of its environment. Just give it as much light as possible and water it when the soil in the container feels dry when you stick your index finger in it up to the second knuckle. It will survive and be ready to go when you return it outside next year. So, um, 
they get a they get a much more a drastic change in the amount of light. Yeah. Too. So they they probably just get they start that direction. You know, as the, as the light is reduced, the the day is shortened. Yeah. It starts that direction in in those northern oh. climates quicker. <laughs> what do you see? David Rodriguez. David, did you allow him in there? Huh? There he, he is. He's buying stuff, so I wasn't going to turn it away. I don't know. Yeah. He's pushing a uh, stro- uh, stroller, but I don't see him buying anything yet. They're hitting the pumpkins. Oh, oh okay. That's, that's his girlfriend to the right, and her her daughter, and that's her husband. Yeah. And their two kids. So it's so they're, sweet. They're, they're here to ride the train, I know. They're here to pick <laughs> out pumpkins, and I'm not quite sure what else. Okay. Neat. Train's going to function till 2, so he's got a little time there. In fact, if you're out there listening and you uh, want to ride a train, come on down. It'll run, we'll keep running it till 2 o'clock. Two yeah, o'clock. it's a lot of fun. It's kind of it. Well, have they let you ride it? No. Oh, okay. How do you know that? That's just the accident. You, you sus- yeah, you suspect <laughs> it's a lot of train catastrophe. The train catastrophe. Oh, it is fun. The kids just love it. All right. And someone called in and uh, gave Carlo uh some information. Vicky called in and thought the the uh, dish that uh, uh, James was talking about was chow chow, but I'm not sure that's it. That's that's, that's uh, tomatoes. Cut up tomatoes, chow yeah. chow. Okay. But I guess anything cut up like that could yeah, be called could be. chow chow. Right. I, I, we we never ate it. We never okay. ate you it. know what I I had in the absence of my wife. She's on a trip. My new my first tomatoes. Uh, the uh, HM 1823s, I cut them. Of course, I've been cooking them for breakfast. Mm. And then I cut them up and had them with some balsamic vinegar. It was very good. That was really nice. That's my, my step-grandfather, for years and years and years ago, he uh, that was one of his main dishes. He, had, he was a diabetic and couldn't eat very many, but he always had... Uh, Balsamic vinegar and uh, tomatoes, and I, re- I remembered it, and, and uh, made me hungry for it. So huh. I don't know what, uh, what just, nationality. You just, just cut it up raw. Cut it up it raw, and the, uh, yeah, you put it in. You the put the vinegar in there a little early, so you get a little soaking in there. Okay. Yeah, it's a distinctive taste. It's maybe something you don't. I don't know that I'd want to eat it every day, but uh, it was it was kind of nice, and then and of course that. And, my family has kind of some memories that come back, and yeah, we 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 always grew up eating tomatoes raw. And I was at a at a friend's uh, friend's house. Doctor Roland Roberts up in Lubbock passed away now, but uh, they knew how much I loved tomatoes. So he said, "Well, we're going to have cherry tomatoes for your for your supper tonight." And so we got set out at the table, and I looked over, and the cherry tomatoes were floating in something, <laughs> maybe a vinegar or, or something. I said, "What did you do those tomatoes?" <laughs> in my subtle way, you know, I said, "Why did you float yeah. those good tomatoes in, the, the, uh, in, in that vinegar?" With a, with a, you said it with a great charm, so he didn't get offended. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He threw them down on the ground. Uh, get out of here, then. <laughs> Give me a net, and I'll, I'll fish them out of that uh, mm-hmm. that, that that slur that they're in. 
Hey, so, uh, and uh, Vicky told Carlo, too, that her mom used to make it for all the time. So oh, maybe they just right. called it Chow Chow. Maybe it was a variation. Well, yeah, and if each family could have a yeah. different name for it. All right, we're going to yeah. take a break. Neighborhoods even have different names. Yeah. Take a break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. We've got more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Now, there's all kinds of great stuff leading up to Halloween right now at Millburgers. For instance, right now at Millburgers, you and the family can get some great pictures taken in the pumpkin patch. You can walk through the amazing hay maze. That's right. Millburgers' famous hay maze is up, and it's just a whole lot of fun. There's all kinds of scary stuff all around the nursery. And you can enjoy the terror train all October, Saturdays from 10 to 2 and Sundays from 11 to 2. Right now you can enjoy the moon bounce. Always fun for the kids. And then mark your calendars because Saturday October 28th and Sunday October 29th is Millburgers big celebration with face painting and a balloon artist Saturday and Sunday. The employees Halloween costume contest where you actually can win big prizes just for voting. Go learn more at MillburgerNursery.com That's MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Hi, this is Rhonda Bone of Rhonda's Nature's Way with two locations to serve you. Most of us have some unwanted fat we want to get rid of. Try Sickform HCG, a homeopathic fat release system. It displays no known adverse side effects, targets the abnormal fat deposits that we don't want for well-needed energy. Increase blood flow for fat burning with a healthy lifestyle plan and no dips in your sugar levels. Come in and get your information on Sigform HCG at Rhonda's Nature's Way, two locations. 624 Southwest Military Drive at Shopper City Mall. Call 210-924-6922 and 8059 Callahan at the Grandview Shopping Center at the corner of I-10 West and Callahan. 210-344-1482. Rhonda's Nature's Way with two locations. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. President Trump made a very important point in his response to the recent shooting in Las Vegas when he called it an act of pure evil. The judgment of evil here, real evil, should be beyond dispute. Evil is a fact, too. The secular worldview cannot use the word with coherence or sense. The acknowledgement of evil actually requires the affirmation of a moral judgment and a moral reality above human judgment. If we are just accidental beings in an accidental universe, nothing can be really evil. Evil points to a necessary moral judgment made by a moral authority greater than we are, God. It is both telling and reassuring that secular people, faced with the moral horror we now see in Las Vegas, can still speak of evil as a moral fact. 
even if they continue to deny moral facts in the classrooms and courtrooms. No one can deny that the horror in Las Vegas came about by an act that was evil, pure evil, and evil as a fact. I'm Albert Mobley. Larry Elder thinks he's figured out the motive in the Las Vegas shooting. And asked the nurse, what is the primary reason that people commit suicide? And the nurse said, the primary reason is a huge financial setback. That's what I think ultimately we're going to find out here. The one neighbor says he was a normal man, quote, he seemed normal other than that he lived by gambling, close quote. I think it's unusual to make a living as a gambler, don't you? The Larry Elder Show, weekdays at 5, right before Jay Sekulow at 7 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to No Burgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. You give us a call. Be a part of the show at 308-8867. That's 308-8867. On a beautiful Sunday afternoon, we're here at Mill Burgers and we're talking gardening with you. So give us a call. Tell us how your tomatoes are doing or what you're looking forward to planting this winter, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk with you about it. 3210-308-8867. You know, I planted Jerry the. Uh all the cold crops yeah. early, early mm-hmm. and we were a little worried about the heat, but uh, the timing was almost perfect because of the rains and the yeah. cold. Yeah. So they've done very well. They're large and uniform. Uh, I haven't seen, knock on wood, I haven't seen cabbage loopers. Yeah, I was, uh, we haven't mentioned that. Uh, we're talking, always talking about spinach and and uh, the cabbage and broccoli and things like that that we have transplants of out here. But I, I would say that you need to really keep a close eye on on, on the leaves of, of, of those crops, those cold crops. And probably the, probably the easiest way to see them is when you first see tiny holes appear in the leaves. Uh, and if you look, usually if you look at when when they're real tiny holes, now they'll get they they'll eat a big a bigger the leaf mile I mean the uh, cabbage looper gets, the bigger the holes is he's gonna eat because he's feeding on that leaf. But uh, I, I would suggest that the people watch their cold crops. Hey. It's so now don't get distracted here. The, the, uh, uh, watch the cold crops and and rather than looking or if you if you're curious and you look at the bottom of the leaves, you can catch those loopers when they're real small. There's also and that's that's the best time to control. Yeah, the cutworms are there too, and and the BT sometimes well, the cutworms will get the stems, but they'll also a little later move up the and. Uh, and will uh, damage the plants too. Uh, my neighbor saw um, cabbage loopers, and he was this weekend. He was trying to find BT real quick, you know, out there yeah. without having to go too far. Now, so, you know, they, they, didn't they say spinner sad would control loopers too? I, I, I don't know if anybody. I don't know. I would. I would expect it would because they're so they're small, and seven in a pinch does. I yeah. I, I use and and if you've got. A problem with cutworms, which I've had in past years, I just spray the base of the plants with uh, seven, yeah, and that'll uh, do do 
real control. Another thing you, you can't forget that BT is, is a finite life. Right. So you know, if you got a ten-year-old, ten-year-old uh, jug of BT, it's probably time to replace yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to use fresh stuff. And, and uh, you also, when you're spraying you, uh, BT products, uh, spray, uh, well, spraying anything on cold crops, you want to add a couple of uh, teaspoons of uh, liquid detergent or just squirt some liquid detergent into the sprayer so that uh, you get good wetting of, of, the, of the leaf. That, that's the advantage that BT has over... Over spinosad. Spinosad is more of a contact killer. Yeah. And so you'd have to spray the bottom of the leaves uh, to, to get good control. But the B, the BT is a stu- is a stomach poison for the worm. And they uh, remember how it kills the Milton? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, but anyway, the <laughs> the the BT covers the plant covers the leaf surface and when it's ingested by the the worm uh that takes care of the worm problem and it's only got a uh, it's a short-lived application too it's a, you know five or six days four four or five days coverage so this is not something you can do once a season and have it protect um you have to you have to continue to watch I think in our, Jerry, what are we thinking about? Once a month, you're likely to yeah. see them. I'm working with a grower that's got a lot of uh, cabbage, uh, a lot of a lot of cold crops, and cabbage and whatever. And so I, uh, I told him, and he knew it this business. I told him to use a BT product every five to seven days. Uh, kind of as an engine. It's completely organic, and it, it controls the pl- pro- crops organic. Control the worms organically. What you got? Can we ask your question on the air, ma'am? Can we? Yeah, we'll give you a microphone. Here you go. And you can tell us about, yeah. about the situation. Yeah, tell us what's going on. You're on the air. Texas sage, and all of a sudden they're dying on me. And I've noticed that the ground has become very soggy. Yeah, there. now that let's start with the yeah the Texas sage. That's that's the one reason you, you always look for that. That's the first uh, cause of of damage after all these rains. How long have this been planted in that in place? Decades. Long time. See, that's unusual. Then usually that indicates that it's it's content and it's survived. Mm-hmm. But if it's you know if the situations change, uh, the drainages change, and it stays soggy, they, you can you can even we saw them one year they were dying in containers, well drained containers because of the you know where the rains didn't quit that year. Ah. So that. A lot of times you'll get some damage, but it won't kill the whole plant. That's a, especially an old one like that. You maybe have to hope for that. But the whole pit, the pit of scorm is dying too. How big's that? Right next to it, and it's only been there four years or so. Five. 
And it's dying next to it. Yeah. I've had trouble with the pittosporm. I had to replace two plants before they died away, but we decided they weren't getting enough water that year mm. because it was the year that everybody's pittosporm, for some reason, was dying out. No. It's not, is that a dwarf pit? pit or yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's easier then because the dwarf pit is, is pretty sensitive. Mm. This, this could even be affected by cold weather and and the, the strangest thing is that the cold that cold weather we had those that 17 degrees right. you might not see the impact on the plant until you get into the hot part of summer because it gets you know the vascular system gets wounded mm-hmm. and then and then it's not capable of getting mo- moisture into the plant uh, when it's 95 degrees out so that that could be part of it. Are the dead branches among, uh, within live branches? In other words, uh, uh, the whole bush is not dying, but just sec- branches? Is that right? Here. Okay. And for this, the whole bush? Some of them. We have four that are right there. And I think two of them, the whole bush is dead, and the other two, one looks fine, and the other one's half gone. Well, I can't think of what, what else would cause it. But stay, it's still soggy now after those rains? Oh, gosh, yeah, that must that must be it. Yeah. What has changed there, do you think? Is there, I put a new lawn in. A new lawn? I put a new lawn in in May. How about the, how does the, sprink, does the sprinkler system? The sprinkler system's there, and it goes once a week, but it hasn't gone in the last two weeks. Okay. But it... Uh, the drainage does the lawn kind of block the runoff that used to be able, that used to come off the off of this area. Oh, it may because it's a higher lawn. Yeah, that may. I'll, I'll bet that's it. Because these these guys are notorious. I mean, that we brag on their drought tolerance, and you can't kill them with drought. Mm-hmm. But relatively easy to kill them with soggy soil. Okay. So I would guess that that. Kind of look at the the situation and see if you can see any um, channeling that you can do, or okay. any kind of subtle changes that will make the water move up. The fact that it's still soggy right now is really scary. I mean that because that that's that's been quite a while since we've had the rains. Okay. And, okay. Uh, but that's what's doing it. And okay. then this guy could, could the same the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Good luck. All right. Thank All you right, very thanks. much. Did you have a question? Can we ask it on the air? Absolutely. Come on up. Yeah. On the air. How can we help you? Um, got some apple trees. I had a Granny Smith as a pollinator, and that one died. I probably killed it. It was in a death hole. So, Granny Smith, a good general pollinator? No. Granny Smith? Yeah. It's probably not. It's a late. Okay. Uh, I got a Rayburn, Fuji, King David, Cox's Orange, Pippin. A couple others that I planted. I figure if they make it, they make it. If they don't, what the hell? Yeah. Mm. The, out of all that bunch, you'll have good enough pollen. Oh, okay. So I don't need a... No. Okay. No. Grant Smith is, is notoriously late. Right. But some of those others are that you've talked about. Well, when early. I bought them, I was looking to see when they flower to try good. to kind of get yeah. them overlapping, coordinated. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any early ones? No. Like... Like a Dorset, Dorset Golden or uh, no. Anna, Anna uh-huh. uh, Einsheimer. 
Those are the ones that we have the most success with here. I'm up in 1,800 feet elevation. Oh, yeah, in the hill country? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You I got get mornings in 20s, please. Yeah. Uh, Dorset Golden is a, is a good uh, pollinator for all of those. And, yeah. a, and a survivor, too. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good apple, too. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. So if you get another apple, get Dorset that Golden. That's the one I get. All right, now tell me some peach varieties for up there. Where are you now? Near, near Bernie, Farrow's. Oh, near I Bur- get deep soil as well. Get out of here. It's crazy. You must I was be living right. Putting in a well, my neighbor. Maybe you don't just you don't you, just drink a lot and yeah, think you got deep you, soil. You, the neighbors, fine? the neighbors say, yeah, you have gotten our soil for the last couple of thousand years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I I was digging a, a for a fence and three to four feet of clay, red clay. Wow. Well, you probably want how many how much room? How many varieties do you want? I have two. I don't remember what they are right now. Okay. Down in the lower part of San Antonio, the Florida King is, seems to be our top. Right. Because it, it, got, it got enough cold this last winter when nothing else did. So it was a decent crop. We always, up there in the hill country, though, I, I would say, I would go with June Gold and La Fel, Feliciana. Feliciana? Gold, yeah. La Feliciana, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that La Feliciana is a little later and it's a high quality. And June Gold is a relatively big peach that's early and really pretty reliable. So if you got room for three, get all three. Plenty of room. Yeah, try those three. Are you keeping the deer away from them? Oh, yeah. My property had a wooden fence and I put up uh, uh, T posts and smooth wire. They'll come through if somebody's pushing them, other than that, rare. Okay. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Good. Um, yeah, I've got room for at least eight more trees yeah. and rows that I have set up. And I've got irrigation to them. So, so th- those would be the three I'd choose. Yeah. I was thinking also about Satsuma. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could try Satsuma. Try try this uh, Orange Frost. Orange Frost. Okay. It's, it's more cold tolerant. Okay. Alrighty. Cool, thank you. Good luck. Thanks. Hey, Good if, question. If you want to ask some more questions, you can. We gotta to go to the news though. So two one oh three oh eight, you're okay. Two one oh three oh eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one oh three oh eight eighty eight sixty seven. And uh, you can call and be a part of the show. Uh, give us a call. We're gonna take a break and come back in just a moment. I'm Milton Glick, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas, like this nice man. You can come up and ask your questions in person or uh, give us a call at two one oh 210-308-8867. More in a moment on 9.30 a.m. This is The Answer. We're back with Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch, are live at Millburgers Landscape Nursery. At I'm alive. Yeah. Semi-alive. Yeah. Right now, we all are. So you, this, is, <laughs> this is the time you want to call us as quickly as possible. Yeah, at, it uh, change. 210-308-8867, 210 308 Yeah, it is, isn't it? Gosh, yeah, there's all different sizes, shapes, yes. colors. Six... Well, I guess three bays of 
different sizes, and of course the typical jack-o'-lanterns, ghost pumpkins, uh, all kinds of different odd squash shapes, great big ones. So any kind of decoration you might want. Kids go wild. Yeah. yeah they like those little ones, too. And, uh, so they I, throw them at each other. I saw that. Throw them at Calvin. I saw the parents, <laughs> a couple of parents were trying to talk them into a, a, big a one. bigger one. And nah, I don't know. They wanted that. They want to carry it. They yeah. want to carry it. Their own personal pumpkin. <laughs> And let's see that. Well, we shouldn't mention the face painting. I mean the uh, pumpkin painting because the yeah, glasses it's, it's, are full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we did a very nice commercial for it uh, well, after it was full. Yeah, yeah. After yeah. Uh, trash mm-hmm. come running up, <laughs> the truck it's full. But that's, uh, that's, a, get... that's a good way to handle the pumpkins. Is is uh, and most most of our. Uh, a I, lot of our parents are very creative anyway. Temper, I guess temper up paints. Paint, to paint the uh, temper up paints. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Would work pretty well. To paint, uh, paint the pumpkin instead of cutting it. Because if you cut it, it'll, it won't last very mm-hmm. long. Plus, you don't have to work. A little paint on a person is, a, is not as bad as getting A little blood, cut. huh? Yeah, getting cut by a knife. <laughs> and so, And pumpkins are... Are tough, a little tough, but it is fun. It is to do fun to do jack lanterns too. So either one, whichever you choose, we've got the pumpkins for it. The guy found his orange frost, I guess. Uh, citrus. Did you find it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. The, uh, we got some more questions in. Uh, said that uh, somebody had a 25-year-old golden rain tree cut down because it was dying. I really like that tree and, and where it was in my yard. Now suckers are coming up from the roots. Can I nurture one of them to produce a new tree? Will it live? If so, other than staking it, what should I do? And Forrest answers, I don't know what killed the tree, but my best guess is that you should be able to do what you suggest. Select what appears to be the strongest sucker. It will probably probably not need suckering. Just watch, just watch the foliage. If it's not going to survive, it will show in the new foliage. He's talking. Uh, they're little. They're little sensitive to cold. It could have been a yeah. Could have been cold. Hit by a cold. The, the, when I first came here. Uh, they were, Everywhere. they were all over town. Yeah, uh, I even remember about the, the, the county horticulturist, uh, Dr. Bob Durs, who passed away now. Uh, he always brings that up about the. I know. Yeah, uh, re- he, all those people he knew have passed away. <laughs> he really, he really detested, uh, tested your know, golden rain tree, and uh, he he was a tree man. He was a forester guy. Actually taught at A and M in far in the forestry department, so uh, he he didn't think it, it was a trash tree uh, back in those days. I uh, didn't like the pretty blooms or no. I, it's a it's a weak, it's a fast growing weak wooded tree. So he was he was pushing for oaks and yeah. things like that. Always surprised to me you you don't even know they exist. There's a number of them still in my neighborhood that. They don't show up until the the blooms show up. Then you 
They're really obvious. They can be quite attractive. So, uh, and and the, the sprouts, uh, you, you know, we're talking about cutting down a, a fast-growing tree like a golden rain tree, and how it's very important, if you don't want sprouts, to paint that immediately after you cut it down, paint that with that uh, stuff. Uh, cut stump and cut, vine killer. Cut stump and uh, cut stump and vine killer. Or cut vine and stump killer. Yeah, there you go. Cut vine and stump killer. <laughs> but after you cut the stump, you put the vine killer on it. But anyway, that'll keep uh, those suckers from, uh, most of those suckers from coming up. Here's a person that has a a long. I don't even think I'll get into this. You're growing squash. Planted it early in, in July and now have squashes that seem to be popping out almost daily. I've currently about seven on one plant, varying from two, in, two to five inches or so. It seems a bit excess to me, and I did cut a couple already. I'm concerned about having enough time for them to mature. Well, what? it's a winter squash. Oh, okay, that's yeah. A summer squash. I mean, before the first, you see, it, you see it, and it's yeah, mature. Yeah, know? right. If you see it, it's ready. The vine also wants to take over the entire planting bed, and I'm wondering if it's okay to cut off a branch or two to keep it under control. And if so, where's the best spot to prune it? Gosh. I also planted spaghetti squash at the same time, but ha- only have lots of flowers but no fruit. Should I be concerned? And uh, Farr said you can prune the vine by cutting back the runners as much as you wish. And as I think a rule of thumb, as long as the foliage looks good and the stems look good, you're going to get... Yeah. I mean, and I've never heard of uh, uh, a squash that has good foliage like that having trouble maturing all the fruit it sets either. So I just let it do its thing. For it says, spaghetti squash will need approximately 100 days to mature from the time the flower, female flower, is pollinated. The butternut squash takes 75 days to mature after pollination. Fruit may be harvested when they're full size. The skin is hard. The bottom of the fruit is cream to orange colored. And... Uh, we got time on the line at 308-8867, 308-8867. Tom, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Good afternoon, good afternoon. Uh, I got a question about St. Augustine grass. Uh, I, I think when I asked this question about 30 years ago, back when Bill McReynolds had his show, but uh, whenever there's dying circles in your yard, is that from worms or is that from mold or, or uh, brown patch fungus. Fungus. fungus it's from fungus yeah if it's a if it's a real distinct round edge and, and especially if it's move if it's moving growing that's uh, almost always brown patch and uh, and if the you know, really a uh, confirms it if they're the middle Start, is green, you know, starts to grow, grow back. It has, has green blades. Yeah. 
and that's well, the easiest disease. That's the easiest uh, problem to deal with in the San Augustine grass. Yeah, cut back on watering if you can. Well, there's well, my problem is I never water. It seems like it's always droughty. So I water, 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 and it gets green again, but then it goes quickly, uh, kind of droughty looking. Well, the when the, the the symptoms appear when the temperatures at night get cooler. So that's when you stop. A lot of people stop watering is when the temperatures at night drop. And you don't want you don't want the grass to go be wet when it goes into the wind into the evening. If you can find if the, the the symptoms start at the same place every year, then usually that's an indication that's a low spot, and you can you can just uh, put a an inch of compost on there, and quite often it'll it'll solve that problem. But then you. Um, you can get a fungicide in, and the fungicide will stop the spread, and it won't. It won't. Uh, you might not get the healing. It won't green up this fall, but it will this spring. So you got. You can treat it with a fungicide. You want to try to identify where it starts every year and raise that a little higher, and then cut cut back on watering if you're. If that's the issue. A lot of times, I had a yard. That was down at the bottom of a kind of a of the neighborhood, and all the, everything ran down there when it rained. And that I had that same situation where the water just kind of settled in there, and then that's that's where the brown patch started every year too. So you just got to okay, try so to raise that. You're right. You're right. There are some dips in the yard where this is happening, and uh, so. But you're suggesting a fungicide. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I would, I would do the. Uh, if it's not spreading, then you then there's really no advantage to the fungicide because it's it's going to heal. That means that the disease has stopped spreading. It's going to heal as soon as it it can. Uh, if it's still if it's still spreading, then the fungicide will stop the spreading, and then it can. Uh, a lot of times, it won't heal till spring. Okay. But Very yeah, good. I would if there's a, if there's any if there's growth in a disease, I'd get a fungicide. Uh, oh, you know, one of the bear pro, bear has them. Uh, Benelon. There, there's a there's a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of uh, soil fungicides that work really well. Well, thank you for your time. All right. Good luck. You bet. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. While Jerry's answering a question off the air, we'll talk to James. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good, sir. How about you? Good, good. What's going on? Hey, uh, my neighbor planted some uh, bamboo on his side of a privacy fence, you know, wooden fence. Uh, years ago, and it really took off. It's that thin bamboo, though, you see everywhere. grows up real tall, but only gets maybe a couple inches in diameter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but now it's spread pretty good, you know, into my property, and it's it's spreading very much, very fast every year. Is there any way I can, other than dig it out physically, root by root, uh, to actually get rid of it 
and maybe put up a small, you know, like a wall, a trench, so the roots don't continually grow over to my side of the property. Well, you, you can. It's 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 a difficult. Um, it's very difficult to do that without digging. But the one the one thing we had quite a, a few weeks ago, we had a detailed discussion about it. And if you cut it cut it all down on your side and then apply um, that uh, cut cut. Is there a lot of sensitive trees around there or anything? Well, you know, no. One main tree uh, that's, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it a problem, but I had some limbs, you know, come off it, and I had a tree service have to come out, and that that man told me it was the biggest hickory tree he's ever worked on. I mean, oh, you definitely wow. can't even put your arms around it, so I don't yeah. want to hurt, you know, that tree that's right well, that's, on the that, That's what I was checking to see if you could spray a general... Um, herbicide there but you can't but but what you can do you cut it down and then you have a little bottle of this uh, cut vine and stump killer and you and you kind of you, you little indentation on that top, top of that cut stem of the bamboo and you just put a little drop or two in there and the first the first time you do that is you know that's a lot of probably a lot of stumps but then you'll have a you'll have just a few that'll come up, and then you'll do it again, uh, and you'll eventually get it under control. And then then you could put you could put your wall up anytime because that'll stop stop the spread while you're working on getting those that are already in your yard in control. But that that same that same material. Uh, the cut vine and stump killer. There's three or four different versions of it, uh, and depending on how much you have to do, but that's that's one process to to avoid digging it up. Okay, but now that if it's too close to that uh, giant tree, that no, if, you, if as long as we, we we if you as long as you apply it right to the cut bamboo stems. We haven't had any experiences where it's, it's spread. This you can't spray it if the hickory is there. But I use it. I use that cut vine stump killer for hackberries and mulberries. And in, in I've got a big rose bed, and uh, you just you know you just apply it to that freshly cut stem. There, there's there's uh, small bottle versions that have a little brush on it. Or or on a, on the bamboo, sometimes it's more effective if you can, you know, you can have a. There's a little indentation on the cut, and then you can, and you can put it in there. It's not. So, so you're saying like cut the bamboo off uh, like smooth, and then apply it to that, you know, the ring, the outer part, you know, the the top of the bamboo itself, or drop it into the bamboo. Yeah, if you can drop it in into, it's even more effective. I did it. I did it for a relatively large area by just applying it to the tops, and I got about uh, 75% kill the first time. And then well, you have to go, was, you so have to how, go back how, and. How high off the, you know, from the ground would you say to cut the bamboo, and then to apply the the, the stuff? Well, it's easy easier if you cut it like four inches or six inches. 
But then you yeah, got, you know, then it's t- tougher to ride walk through it or to ride your mower through it. Yeah, you cut it, nah, that, you that's can, not the case on this one, but sure, okay. Yeah, or, uh, you know, two inches Two inches is tougher to get down the cut. But I, I think uh, I think the four-inch, the six-inch, now you, you can you can have it taller in terms of the, the herbicide effectiveness. That won't, that won't bother it, but but it's in, in practical terms and you making the cuts and uh, moving your equipment through there and trying to traverse that area. So if you can do four sure. to six inches, I think you'll get some pretty good luck. Okay, so so cut cut it off just straight off, and I have all these stalks sticking up, okay? And then uh, take that, 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 that chemical you're talking about, and maybe like with a little brush or something, just apply it straight to the cut and maybe a little bit on the inside of the bamboo. If you can, yeah. And I would sure. do it, I don't know how large your area is, but I'd do it a little section so I wouldn't get too far ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so, you you know, in the morning you do a six-by-six-foot section, you apply it, and then you tackle the next six-by-six-foot six session when, whenever you so, uh, will have sure. the time so to apply. about how long does it take before you actually start seeing results? Why can, can I actually pull the rest of the stalks? But out of, in other words, it kills the root. It goes all the way down and takes out the root and all, right? Right, yeah. Now, you will, well, in the fall, you you, you won't know because you won't get a lot of re-sprouting. But next spring, you'll get, you'll get, the, you'll get the results. That, and, that's uh, fine with me, sure. Okay, you, so what's the name of that stuff called? It's cut vine and stump killer. Here at Millburgers, there's there's about four versions on the same shelf, but they have a little different name. But they they and they're you know one you know larger quantity. Uh, some you can use a paint big paintbrush on, and some the one I like is just a little ten dollar bottle that's got a little brush on it. But you uh, you. Uh, I don't know what the other, I can't remember the other names, but Cut Vine and Stump Killer is the one that Jerry and I use quite often. The people at Millburger, they they would uh, fully know what I'm talking about then. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we drive drive them crazy. It's one of our, uh, we we think it's one of the most effective uh, herbicides around, and it's one of our favorite products. We feel very comfortable and recommend it. And and you're saying don't spray it on so it doesn't hit the ground, so it won't mess with that... uh, hickory tree that big giant one but if i paint it on it's direct to the actual bamboo and it won't seep into the ground or nothing it'll right take that's out right the bamboo right right that's right, right. james well, we gotta run man very much yes sir. good luck james thank you very much give us a progress give, day, give us sir. give us a report when you I get sure us some will. results did you yes, plant sir, that thanks. bamboo or neighbor did no neighbor yeah. planted Actually, <laughs> my, my neighbors planted it and it was fine for a while but now it's grown under the fence, and I mean it's. Who would have thought it? Well, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's a, I tried to dig out a big patch with a, you know, with a pick shovel and stuff, <laughs> and I, that's backbreaking. Yeah, you know, my my neighbor got, neighbor got a bulldozer with a 
kind of a, a rake. Yeah. And went through, and then he had a crew root of plow. guys. He got a root plow. Yeah, a root plow. Root plow. And then a, then a crew of guys followed behind and picked up the, threw, threw the root pieces into a truck. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that was effective for an four, hour, four or five years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, you know, if if you don't kill the root or anywhere you go, kind of like a little potato or like a vine buried about six inches under the ground, and it just keeps going and it's spreading and it's spreading. Well, Milton, Milton, Milton. It stays growing. Milton solved his bamboo problem. Yeah, we used to have a bamboo problem. We moved. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know. I hope hope it doesn't come to that. I was kind of contemplating seeing if I could maybe get a license, do some kind of explosive, but then I thought I'd blow it in the air and spread it all over the place. So, yeah, I don't know. No. <laughs> Thanks, James. You take okay, care. Thanks for calling. Yeah, sir, y'all all right, have a great day. Thank y'all you very too. much. We're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. We've got more of Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Coming up with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons, I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. Now, there's all kinds of great stuff leading up to Halloween right now at Millburgers. For instance, right now at Millburgers, you and the family can get some great pictures taken in the pumpkin patch. You can walk through the amazing hay maze. That's right. Millburgers' famous hay maze is up, and it's just a whole lot of fun. There's all kinds of scary stuff all around the nursery. And you can enjoy the terror train all October, Saturdays from 10 to 2, and Sundays from 11 to 2. Right now, you can enjoy the moon bounce. Always fun for the kids. And then mark your calendars because Saturday, October 28th, and Sunday, October 29th, Ninth is Millburgers' big celebration with face painting and a balloon artist Saturday and Sunday. The employees' Halloween costume contest, where you actually can win big prizes just for voting. Go learn more at MillburgerNursery.com. That's MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 930 a.m. The Answer. Hi. This is Barry Hagendorf with Deccan Patio Care at 822-9147. For 23 years, I specialized in sealing all types of weathered decks and patios, also creating the outside room, a combination of custom-built wooden decks and arbors, flagstone patios, outside kitchens, outside fireplaces, and water features, hence the outside room. Look out your window. Do you see a prematurely weathered gray deck? I'll clean and seal it with the best wood preservatives to a natural cedar tone. It really can look new again. Do you have a pebblestone patio driveway or pool deck? I have a process that seals and polishes the rock to a golden wet look. Or maybe you have a flagstone pool deck or patio. I clean to the natural color and seal out water, stopping chipping and flaking. Call 822-9147. I'd like to personally create your outside room or show you how to make your deck, fence, flagstone, or pebblestone look better than new. Call Barry Hagendorf, Deck and Patio Care. I'm in the yellow pages, 822-9147. 
Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming over for lunch. Come on in. Ah, uh, thanks, Linda, for having me. Wow, it smells like garlic in here. Are you trying to ward off some vampires? <laughs> Not at all. I recently read an article on the health benefits of garlic, so I'm trying to add more into my daily diet. Why don't you just take Kyolic Aged Garlic? What's Kyolic Aged Garlic? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract is the number one best-selling odorless garlic supplement on the market today. Notice I said odorless. Oh, really? Tell me more. Not only is Kyolic organically grown, but it's aged for 20 months, creating beneficial compounds not found in fresh or powdered garlic. Is there any research? Can you believe there's over 750 published scientific studies that prove aged garlic extract reduces many cardiovascular risk factors and supports overall immunity? So where can I get Kyolic? Kyolic aged garlic extract is available at fine health food stores everywhere. Check out their website at kyolic.com. Jay Sekulow sees a bigger motive in the Las Vegas shooting. Did this person get radicalized unbeknownst to us? Radicalized unbeknownst to us? What is the evidence that has the sheriff concerned there could have been radicalization here? Now, radicalization doesn't necessarily mean international, but the use of the word radicalization conjures up groups like ISIS or some politically adverse groups in the United States. Jay Sekulow Live, weeknights at 7, right after Larry Elder at 5, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m., the answer, Milton Wick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. You had a question off the air. Uh, you want to talk about that? <laughs> I know the answer. Go Are ahead. you waiting? Waiting? Yeah, I'm just waiting. <laughs> yes. See, I'm, I'm waiting the anticipation. Uh huh. Before I say no, I don't want to. He's go. trying to remember but, what it was. <laughs> no, no, a lady brought a piece of stem up here, variegated. A variegated uh, plant, and uh, there was nothing but the stems left. And it 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 wasn't the plant wasn't dying because it was re-sprouting. But something had come in and removed those every leaf on those on those and they were large plants. And they lived not too far from Millburger up here. And uh, I thought maybe they were from. Uh, from uh, uh, Wilson County or, or, oh, with, or, yeah. some, or somewhere where they had to cut ants. But the uh, only thing I could think, she, she was thinking maybe snails did it. Hmm. But uh, it'd take a lot of snails to defoliate. A, it was a, a big old plant. And usually it's a ragged, when snails do it's pretty ragged. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and, I, and, when I lived in the villages of West Creek, which is... Uh, straight yeah. way over in the west. Uh, yeah, we had cut ants all the time come in from oh, the did you? rural area. Okay, and there were some huge mounds. Of <laughs> course, they were out in somebody else's property, out in the yeah. agricultural country. Well, I uh, I told her I thought that was cut ants, and uh, she she could go out there at night and look at them, and she said, "How big is a cut ant?" And I said, about, about a little bit smaller than a fire ant. Maybe, uh, they may be the same size as a fire ant, but uh, they don't sting. Cut ants don't sting. And so I, she said she was going out there at night and see if she can find a trail. She's got one bush 
that hadn't been defoliated. Yeah, quite often you can, it's pretty obvious where the trail is. Yeah, but uh, that's, that's the only thing I can think of that would strip a plant yeah. down like that. And I always had... And there were no leaves on the ground. Yeah. And that was always effective for me to, just to use uh, uh, acephate. Yeah, fire, that's what I recommended. Fire ankler and just make little roadblocks. And uh, what it did was they just moved on to the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they did, and any any cut ant that walks through the acephate yeah. roadblock is done for. And uh, so they didn't take them long to figure that out and it would just change their whole routes and you, 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 the whole idea was to get them to stay into the pasture land rather than come over into the residential area but they got a lot of I, I told her that they're little farmers and they were taking those leaves back and growing fungus on it to feed their young and uh, she wasn't too impressed by, <laughs> the, by them defoliating a bush so uh, that's like that's like us. Uh, I think that's what they trying was. to imp- impress farmers with our our drive to grow milkweed. Yeah, yeah, butterflies, huh? milkweed. Couldn't have been a deer because they would have nibbled off the stem. Couldn't be a couldn't be a rabbit because they couldn't eat the leaves that high off of that thin of twiggy branches. So I, that's the only thing I can think of. And she was thinking it might be snails. But like Calvin said, they usually leave a stub or something. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta clean. Take a few days. It takes a, more than a few days usually. To, yeah. But a cutting can clear clear a plant, a big plant in a uh, day. Rose beds. They can go through a rose bed in. Wow, really? Three or four days. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we got a question in. Said uh, I brought a scraggly plant, planted it in the soil. It's growing great. How do I trim it? Lots I don't, of little... I don't know. What is this? That's scraggly. What species is that scraggly? Firebush. Oh. <laughs> uh, little fl- lots of little flowery things. Uh, it's, it's growing out, not up. You know, uh, when, when they're young, they, they have a tendency to do that. Far as asking them back, the firebush is a the firebush, firebush is a bush, and that's its normal growth. Uh, I think if you be patient and it goes through one winter time, uh, it will grow in the manner you want. If it if it if it does freeze back, it'll come back from its roots. Uh, that when I think of firebush. I think of uh, when we put that in the, on the market. That was the that was the second Texas superstar. Really, uh, that, that far back. That made Texas superstar. And uh, when I first started fooling around with it, I found uh, I, Willie Gentry in Laredo showed it to me the first time, and uh, we figured out how to root it. So uh, the, that's when that's when it went wild on the market. But uh, it's a great hummingbird bush and, and everything. Yeah, else. I was just thinking of it. It, uh, it makes a nice shrub out there, but it gets big. Yeah. And needs full sun. But gosh, it's just a, an, in a container, about a 20-inch container, you end up with a, a globe-shaped 
Oh, a little bush. Three foot in diameter every year, just loaded with blooms. <laughs> and then, the, then of course, when the cold snap comes through, it gets changes Kids. the color. Kids, yeah. And then, uh, and, but the, the leaves actually turn red. Yeah, it really, the foliage really is uh, attractive. But now they're blooming, and the all the migrating hummingbirds are oh yeah going after them. So it's a, it's really an ideal plant for your your patio. And I guess you oh. know that they harbor hummingbird beak mites, don't you? What fire firebush? Firebush. No, I didn't. Uh, you, aren't you worried about the little hummingbirds getting an itchy beak? Uh, well, I, I, I would be. <laughs> but I'm not familiar with the issue. Oh, yeah. I had an entomologist write me from, uh, I think it was Rockport, years ago. And said that uh, he he hoped I was aware that that, that harbors hummingbird beak mites. Hmm. I guess it's like a venereal disease, that beak, beak mite. They pass it from beak to beak, Melton. As they're, as they're gathering oh. the root, the uh, nectar, I don't know. But uh, unless I uh, sterilized the beaks of every hummingbird that came through, I don't know how I could control the beak mite. But it's a, it's a uh, real common plant through Central America. Oh, yeah. Full of hummingbirds. I mean, yeah. is, did he say that it was devastating the population? or <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it causes them to scratch. You, oh. you, have you ever seen a hummingbird sitting on a branch scratching its beak? Maybe, That's because it's got beak mites. You didn't know Just that? Sad. Did no, I did not know that. No. But anyway, when I when we first put it on the market, I had never grown it. And so I looked around. I went to the Fanic first, and of course, and, and they referred me to uh, Margaret Kane, Miss Mark, Miss Kane. Uh, that uh, was a noted uh, horticulturist and wrote for the papers and things like that back in the in the seventies and in the seventies and eighties. And I visited with her and asked her about uh, would it freeze uh, and was the ultimate height was she and she gave me accurate information. I had to trust her as as everybody does did. But uh, she said uh, the, f- the first first year that you grow it from a cutting or something, a seedling, uh, not a seedling, uh, when you grow it from a cutting, it'll get about two to three feet tall. Uh, and you can be used in, uh, in uh, flower beds and things like that. After it becomes older, and she had one that was older, uh, it freezes down every year, uh, except for the last two years here. Uh, it fr- it fr- freezes down most years, and then the grows to a six feet tall, six feet tall plant. But anyway, um, she, she gave me that information, and, and that's what it does. It, it comes back from the ground every year, and it grows about six to seven feet tall. Now the uh, the reason I bring that up uh, is this question, as well as uh, uh, Margaret Kane died a couple of years ago, and uh, 
the the family called me over to look through her belongings, and uh, we uh, in looking through her belongings, I found a book uh, that she had written. Oh wow! Never published. Oh. And it was it's a dictionary of plant names, and it's massive. It's a it's a big book. And uh, she typed it. She must have typed it for years because it was front and back on on paper on on uh, what we call onion paper. You know where you make yeah. copies of the old timers then. <laughs> but uh, she t- she typed A through Z uh, uh, of plant plant names and a, a brief description of of all of them, along with some of her comments. So. Um, I hated to see all that work go to waste, and so I had a uh, a mass, couple of master gardeners enter that, put that on a on the computer for me, and uh, in a couple of weeks we're going to have it put on PlantAnswers.com. Uh, basically, it's going to be a glossary or or a plant dictionary by uh, Margaret Kane. Very cool. So uh, we have that to look forward to. We're going to take a break. While we do, why don't you give us a call at 308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. And, and we don't want to leave people with the, uh, I have not heard of the, we'll check We'll check more on the, the beak mites no, or okay. firebush because it'll be a shocker because we've come to rely on firebush for a good well, we're, not gonna, we're not going to quit growing it just because of a few itchy beaks. <laughs> I don't know. That can really right. get to be a pain. We'll take a beaks. break and come back in a moment. 210 This is Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Now, there's all kinds of great stuff leading up to Halloween right now at Millburgers. For instance, right now at Millburgers, you and the family can get some great pictures taken in the pumpkin patch. You can walk through the amazing hay maze. That's right. Millburgers' famous hay maze is up, and it's just a whole lot of fun. There's all kinds of scary stuff all around the nursery. And you can enjoy the terror train all October, Saturdays from 10 to 2, and Sundays from 11 to 2. Right now, you can enjoy the moon bounce. Always fun for the kids. And then mark your calendars, because Saturday, October 28th, and Sunday, October 29th is Millburgers big celebration with face painting and a balloon artist Saturday and Sunday the employees Halloween costume contest where you actually can win big prizes just for voting go learn more at millburgernursery.com that's millburgernursery.com to learn more Everyone is talking about fixed index annuities. Are annuities good or bad? Will you lose money or make money? Is your retirement nest egg protected from loss? Tune in to Robin Hoppus and the Big State Financial Show at its new time, Saturday mornings at 9 and Mondays at 8 to learn more. Or you can call Robin at Big State Financial, 210-373-6000. It's the Big State Financial Show, Saturday mornings at 9 and Monday evenings at 8, right here on 930 AM, The Answer. 
from Struck Films. Where did you come from? The true story of a stray dog. Who are you? That's Pluto. Who saves a struggling family in more ways than one. What's wrong? This isn't working anymore. Sometimes help comes from the most unlikely places. I don't need you. He's trying. He really is. Sometimes one dog can change everything. You're awfully small on me, boy. From the director of The Other Side of Heaven, The Stray, rated PG. For theater locations and more information, visit thestray.movie in theaters now. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation, and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, you're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomlineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottom Line Realty Advisors We get the landlord off your bottom line This is Albert Moeller for TownHall.com. President Trump made a very important point in his response to the recent shooting in Las Vegas when he called it an act of pure evil. The judgment of evil here, real evil, should be beyond dispute. Evil is a fact, too. The secular worldview cannot use the word with coherence or sense. The acknowledgement of evil actually requires the affirmation of a moral judgment and a moral reality above human judgment. If we are just accidental beings in an accidental universe, nothing can be really evil. Evil points to a necessary moral judgment made by a moral authority greater than we are. God. It is both telling and reassuring that secular people, faced with the moral horror we now see in Las Vegas, can still speak of evil as a moral fact, even if they continue to deny moral facts in the classrooms and courtrooms. No one can deny that the horror in Las Vegas came about by an act that was evil, pure evil, and evil as a fact. I'm Albert Mobley. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. And we're talking gardening with you at 308-8867. That's 210-308-8867. Got a question in. says, what is the hummingbird migration period? Uh, though I have many hum- uh, have many hummingbirds and butterflies attracting plants in my yard, I also augment with hummingbird feeders. Should I remove the hummingbird feeders during the migration period? No, that's <laughs> the most fun. If so, when should I remove the feeders, and when can I put them back out? Answered, you can keep your feeders out year-round, and no harm will have been done. There are a few hummingbirds that overwinter in this area, and you might be lucky enough to have one or more. That's good. Good answer. And this is a, and we always have to remind folks that it's one of the few conclusions that all the experts agree on, that, the, that having sugar water feeders out there all year does not change the Hummingbird migration. Yeah, when they, when, they, when they go migrate, they go migrate yeah, whether right. there's food a, there or not. 
Yeah, it's a decision that's made without uh, without uh, being affected by your sugar water feeder. It's their instincts, Milton. Their instincts. And if they're, if they're, what's, they're what stinks? <laughs> <laughs> they seem to be little independent uh, birds that do 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 their thing, no matter what uh, somebody else does. I saw a praying mantis had a monarch. Oh no! On a bazinia, on a zinnia. Yeah, I caught it and was eating it. And then I, I think I told you about. I had a, a six or seven. Mockingbirds down there in the lower zinnia bed, and it was like a, a massacre. They were, uh. <laughs> they were after those uh, the painted ladies. I mean, they were just catching them and tearing them, dropping them, and then eat, you know eating eat oh, them. And yeah. I, cha- I chased them away, but I I'd never seen that before. I never even I never even thought about the birds and the butterflies. Of course, they eat after, the caterpillars. After Kevin planted all that milkweed and stuff like that, uh, the birds and the praying mantis uh, destroyed its population <laughs> overnight. Well, and the birds, of course, they, they, you can think about, you know, they're getting my butterflies now, and, then, and of course, they've always gotten my peaches. I never see any peaches. <laughs> blueberries. I mean, I don't know. The blueberries don't even get ripe, and they get those. No. Uh, figs. This this year they 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 were able to keep up with the figs as they ripened and and we didn't get any figs. Most years you, there's so many figs and they all ripen at once. You get a so, ton of them. So Manny, what you're saying is we're growing our fruit crops for the wildlife for, for the birds. Yeah, the wild really got a wildscape there. There you go. Hey, Mark's on the line at 308-8867, 308-8867. Hi, Mark. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing good. How are you all? Good. What's going on? Um, I've got a, a, a butternut squash plant, and I had, you know, like two or three of the the blooms that came out, and I got fruit on there, and then they started to rot. Yeah, they so, uh, they didn't they didn't get pollinated. They didn't get pollinated. No, the the oh. uh, the little embryo, uh, not embryo. What am I trying to think of? But the little little squash comes on first with a with a big bloom on it. That's a female bloom, and okay. uh, uh, then if if that plant if that uh, bloom is not pollinated within two or three hours after it opens, in other words, the morning that it opens, uh, the bloom will fall, fall off, uh, and then that, that little structure, the female squash structure, will look like it's rotted off, will rot, will turn, will rot, get soft and rot. Sometimes yeah. it even grows a fungus on it. But, oh, okay. Uh, okay. It, that 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 probably happened uh, uh, in a in a in an adverse period of time. Uh, yeah, but your uh, your squash is young, so I imagine you you'll get some more setting on fruit. Okay. Yeah, I've got more on there right now, but I'm worried that they're going to rot off too. So no, 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 no. If they, if they're on there for over a day, day and a half, uh, they're not okay. going to rot off. Oh, okay, okay. 
Don't worry. Yeah, they got like an inch. They got like an write that down. Write that down. And Jerry said it. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. They will have been. They will have been pollinated if they were on there over a day and a half, two days. Sometimes you swear you're never going to get any, and then suddenly the yeah, whole you got more than you know what now, to do. Uh, oh, uh, is, uh, that's a bee, yeah. a bee crop, right? Yeah. So are you seeing honeybees? Okay. Uh, no, I'm not seeing any honeybees. So. Well, there's there's other pollinating insects that can do the job. Yeah, even okay. The bees, are, bees are the best. Just little fly, even flies will do it. You're not okay. you're not spraying any insecticide in there. Uh, in the... no, uh-uh. Okay, good. Okay. No, I'm just I'm just letting it go and seeing what it does. And I've got some good ones on there now, but I'm just worried that they're going to rot because they're get, they were bigger than the ones that rotted. So I'm worried that they're going to rot off too. So no, they're not. Okay. All right. Good luck. All right. Thank you for calling. Bye, Mark. Bye. Thanks. Robert's on the line at 308-8867. Hi, Robert. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you all? Well, thank you. What's going on? Quick question. Uh, I bought a apple tree from a local nursery, probably Millburgers, of course. Uh, what or is the rootstock? common amongst all apple trees or they use different rootstock for different apple breeds varieties no it's common uh well and what is it, it? Uh, he's, he's thinking well the, they, they just use a seedling seedling rootstock uh in the old days you used to have a There'd be about nine or ten different dwarfing yeah, stocks. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Uh, yeah. But uh, okay, if you got an older tree, you your, may... Yeah, is yours a dwarf or a standard? I mean, is it a big-growing tree? Well, the tree itself is dead now. That's hence my question. I was going to put something else there, but the root stock, I've got about an 18-inch, two 18-inch coming out of the ground is the rootstock good for anything or should i just get rid of it no no you you could it, how, what's the diameter 18 inches uh, no 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 length this is small close to the ground but oh. the, the rootstock is growing again so i guess my option is replace the tree or should i let that rootstock get larger and graft something to it well you can do either It'd be okay. easier to re- just replace the tree. What kind I of agree, apple? What kind of, ap- what kind of apple was it? Sir, do you remember what kind of apple it was? It was a Granny Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I would just go ahead and and, uh, and re- replace it. Okay, this, this, that's what I need to in, know. In in January. All okay, right. Good thanks. luck. Thank you. You take care. Well, wait a minute. They may have, didn't they? Get, they got in fruit trees now, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Uh, I already you got, might come I already over got to a Mil- replacement. You might come over to Millburgers and see if they've still got some of uh, the Granny Smith for you. Yeah, well, you might Thanks, not sir. want to pick Granny Smith. Yeah, well, that's, that's the answer. Too. Yeah. You might want Dorset Golden or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because Gran- Granny is notorious in this area, and... Dorset Golden is uh, much more reliable and and earlier. Good luck, then. Thanks, Thanks, Robert. You take care. 
We'll go back to the phone lines now and talk to Ginger, who's on the line at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Hi, Ginger. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Doing well. What's going on? Well, I just wanted to uh, let Calvin know I'm having the same problem with my mockingbird. Uh, they're down in my butterfly patch, and they're, they eat every butterfly they can find. Are they, does uh, uh, it look like a, I called it a mob, is it in a mob or are the individual mm-hmm, yes. mockingbirds? Well, it's, I, I, I have them everywhere, you know, but in the last week they have started, it's almost like they're ganging up on them. Don't get <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not kidding, Jerry, don't uh, laugh. <laughs> they're ganging <laughs> up, huh? Yeah. And well, uh, I, yesterday, I bet they meet at night and say, oh, "Okay, let's go, let's go out and get well, that, the butterflies." Well, that's that's what yeah, I, don't know. I felt a little silly because I went charging in there to scare them off, and I looked charging in. I looked around to see if <laughs> yes. anybody had, had seen me. Yeah, I mean, it was so it was such a slaughter, you know, and uh, right, slaughter. right, really, I agree, I understand, Calvin, and uh, I wanted to it's ask you, it's making Calvin. me sick to think about it. What about a slaughter of butterflies? Stop it, Jerry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask Calvin. Okay, I had Rufus, Black Chin, and Ruby Throat. I had one pair of Ruby Throats this year. Now, last year my hummingbird stayed until October 24th. And this year they left this week. Uh, Is there any reason... Did you know of why they would leave early this year? Well, did you not keep your feeder clean? Or? No, it's who's, clean, and I've got four of them out. Ginger, it's talking about hummingbirds? Yeah. Ruby throat. Yes. Oh, yeah, but I... She said right. they left early this yeah, year. Yeah, Ginger, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be convinced that they're not... That you won't get another uh, wave. You and think during so? During the migration, you can, you can go from having 15... And then not see any mm-hmm. for a week, and then you'll have another g- group come through, even different species. So, yeah, really? it's, it, it's entirely yeah. un- unpredictable. It's weather-related, species-related, um, bloom, bloom-related. I guess I would guess. So <laughs> maybe they just went okay. to another feeder. No, 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 no. These are yeah. They, these are they my were probably just things. in. A, they were embarrassed by those uh, mockingbirds. Yeah. <laughs> of course, they might be conspiring with the mockingbirds because they, don't have, they don't have to share the nectar sources with the butterflies. Did you, what is happening in nature? Did you plant a lot of milkweed early on? I like have a lot of milkweed. I have a lot of milkweed, and I have a lot of um, budlium. They love budlium. So you were milk. you were just attracting the food for the birds is what you were doing. You weren't uh, saving the monarchs. Right. You were. Yeah. Uh, they don't lay many. They don't lay many eggs after they've been eaten by uh, mockingbirds, do they? Why are you being no, mean to poor Ginger? Uh, <laughs> 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 I've, I've just I've just been mean to all the people that bought into that plant of milkweed. Deal. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. It's generally not. Monarchs that are they're feeding on it's something like painted ladies or uh, no oh, riddle areas. They've eaten all the monarchs. That's why well, they're, they're the, 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 the monarchs are. Also. 
have a terrible taste because they well, eat milkweed. That's oh, yeah, that's the way. But that, uh, and that ginger, praying mantis certainly didn't uh, hesitate. Ginger says they're eating the uh, swallowtails, too. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yep. And you know what my praying mantis was eating yesterday? He was What's eating that? a woolly bear caterpillar. Good Lord. What is it? Yeah, a woolly I bear caterpillar. Praying, praying mantis. mantis was eating it. It was awful. It was ugly. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you ought to put out some bird feed or something around <laughs> No, yeah, you can't do that. Mockingbirds won't take it. Yeah, you know that. They'll eat the suet. Will yeah. they eat suet? Yeah. They, I didn't that's know a, that. Jerry and, Jerry and I and Milton put out, uh, a couple of years ago, we put out suet feeders. And mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, orange crown warblers. We had wrens. We had all the insect eaters came to the suet. Uh, it was kind of, it was really, really cool, yeah. They, they, like to, they like that as a kind of an appetizer for yeah. eating before they eat the butterflies. Yeah, and especially if they've eaten a monarch, they got to wash that <laughs> there mouth There you up. go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ginger. You guys have a great week. Thank you. Uh, you. You too. Bye, Ginger. All right, what a great way to end the show. Uh, <laughs> did a terrific job. Ginger, call us next uh, next Sunday, too, at the end of the show and tell us what's going on in your yard. All we'll, those carnivorous canaver- we'll canaver- canaver- birds. We'll have reports from Ginger every week. Uh, People will look forward to it. Okay, Ginger, keep an eye out. All right, we're going to say goodbye for today. Thanks uh, to Carlo back at the station doing a great job getting all your calls on the air. And on behalf of the docs, thanks to you for listening. I'm Milton Glick. See you next week on The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.